my name is Tilana Gitanjeva. I'm a Bulgarian journalist. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. A date which will live in infamy. I still have a dream. Good night and good luck. Bulgaria borders on the Black Sea, which borders on Russia and on Ukraine. We have uh, many Bulgarians living both in Russia and in Ukraine. We have many Russians living in Bulgaria. Um, also, we use the same alphabet with Russians. So we are very close uh, as uh, people uh, historically and so on. Uh, this is just in the beginning. I'm trying to explain in short uh, uh, while people in Europe uh, or in the United States or elsewhere, probably they are not very well aware that uh, this war in this region started in 2014. It didn't start uh, five days ago, as even people in my country think, because in 2014 and 2015, um, this area which is to the southeast of uh, Ukraine and is called uh, Donbass. Uh, people from this area, <clears throat> they declared uh, independence. These are two republics, Donetsk and Lugansk, and they de uh, declared independence from Ukraine. Nobody recognized uh, them until probably, oh, yes, until a week ago, when uh, Russia recognized their independence. I have many Bulgarian uh, friends living in Donbass, in this, uh, as Western media, media call it, uh, separatist uh, area. Mm -hmm. And uh, over these eight years, uh, they have seen firsthand a lot of uh, atrocities, atrocities, shellings, bombings, 24-7. Uh, there are uh, the number of uh, casualty, casualties in Donbass is 14,000 people since 2014. So people don't know about that. Um, what I want to say is that the conflict in Ukraine now has... Uh, a long history. It didn't start five days ago. And because this area is uh, populated by Russians, 95% uh, of these people, they are Russians. And uh, I guess media, even in my country, they were not supposed to, to show the reality on the ground because the aggressor in this case was not Russia, was Ukraine. So... People in, uh, is it working? Yeah, I'm still with you. I'm just holding very still. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if I should go into detail with everything, but people can, if they uh, do their own research and don't think that I'm now speaking propaganda. No, this is not propaganda. People can see themselves that. This conflict uh, 
started many years ago and it is not uh, as simple as it is presented. Just Russia all of a sudden invaded uh, Ukraine and started killing civilians. It has a long history. So I was surprised that even in my country, no matter that we are so close to this area, even people in my country, when uh, Putin um, signed the decree which, uh, with which uh, Russia recognized Lugansk and uh, Donetsk uh, as independent states, people in my country, they asked, what is Lugansk? What is Donetsk? They didn't know that, which was uh, quite a surprise to me because many Bulgarians live there as well. And this comes only to show that we have two fronts uh, where wars have been waged, the media front and uh, the real front, the the reality on the ground and the re reality in the media. They are not always, they not always coincide. And the reality on the ground is in many cases different from the reality that media depicts. Uh, I was work, work correspondent. I covered uh, the war in Libya, Gaza, and in Syria, especially the war in Syria. I covered it for a few years, so I have witnessed myself and I know that really it is so true. The first uh, casualty of every war, this is the truth. This is uh, exactly what is happening now in uh, Ukraine. So just so that I understand properly, there are two regions of Ukraine that in 2014 attempted to declare independence. Is that correct? Yes. And yes. that independence was just now recognized this week by Putin, but had formally not been recognized. Yes. And yes. over the course of the past eight years or so, it has been violent between Ukraine and the separatist movement. Yes. Ukraine has been violent to the, to these, um, these sections, these regions that have attempted to establish their own Republic. Right. Yes, exactly. And uh, the number of the victims, it is important. This is the official statistics. Uh, the number uh, stays at uh, 14,000 people killed so far in this conflict in Donbass. 14,000 people. 14 or 14? Uh, one, four, thousand. One, four. Gotcha. Wow, that's, that's, that's terrible. So why is it that these... Why is it that the two regions wanted to um, uh, establish their own republic? Well, what problem did they have with Ukraine as a nation? Uh, this happened during the, the events in Ukraine in 2014, which uh, some people call revolution, other call uh, uh, attempted coup. So when the events in Ukraine in 2014 led to uh, the uh, overthrowing of uh, the previous governments and uh, uh, the, uh, the installment of a new government in Ukraine. Uh, these republics, they declared independence because they uh, are populated with Russians. 95% of the population are ethnic Russians. And uh, also, what is not known is that uh, one process that started in Ukraine since 2014, ethnic cleansing of 
Russians in Ukraine. The Russian language was uh, banned. Uh, also, I don't know, I'm not sure if people know, but the Ukraine is a part of the former Soviet Union and other uh, countries from the former Soviet Union. They use uh, two languages, one of which is Russian and the other is their native language until recently. So the same was in Ukraine. But um, the thing is that in Ukraine, there is uh, a lot of Russians living there. So their language was banned. Uh, they were subjected to, uh, according to Russia, to ethnic cleansing. And um, the whole conflict at that point led to the declaration of independence by these two regions, Donetsk and, Don uh, and Lugansk, that form the area of Donbass. This is how they declared independence. But these are not um, professional armies. These are people that they are not professional soldiers. So they don't have weapons, they don't have the expertise to fight back against uh, the Ukrainian army. So uh, also what uh, uh, people there describe or described. Uh, I know myself because, as, as I said, we have Bulgarians living there. So I, I talked to them and they uh, sent me footage, video. They, many times they asked media in Bulgaria, please, come here and uh, we want to show to the world what's happening here to us. Bombing, shelling, uh, especially the use of such uh, weapons like mortar shells or uh, rockets, and they are not predictable where they can fall. That's why we can witness a lot of um, uh, collateral damage when such weapons have been deployed. And um, it's very complex issue. Uh, what I can say is that what is not right, that for instance, in Europe, and Europe is starting to look like a totalitarian uh, dictatorship. I'm not joking because in some states, they announced today that not only do they ban all Russian channels, but if somebody publicly publish online, for instance, a comment that is deemed pro-Russian, uh, this person will be jailed and the punishment will be up to three years in prison. This is uh, absolutely uh, unacceptable. This is not only censorship. I'm serious, and I, I have witnessed this in my country. This is, uh, this is not democracy. Europe uh, is no longer democracy. It is shameful. Why not let people inform themselves, themselves and judge themselves what is happening? You can't present only one part of the story without presenting the other part of the story. For instance, uh, did you know that uh, there was a war in Donbass? before no. the conflict now. No. The same in my country. And uh, I'm in Europe. I'm, uh, we are neighbors with Russia and Ukraine. And people in my country didn't know that. 
But they will never know that because uh, now all information coming out of this region, it is blocked. By the way, over these years, uh, all uh, YouTube channels, Facebook, and so on, uh, affiliated to the people in Donbass, they were also removed, uh, blocked, uh, censored, and they couldn't uh, share information with the world, which is which is why many people just don't know the truth about Donbass and Ukraine and Russia and what led to this conflict, because. Um, for instance, in the United States, if you have American citizens yeah, in uh, Mexico, let's say, or uh, just ignore, um, this is hypothetical example. Sure. This is, yes, I just want to try to explain to the people, if you have Americans that are trapped in a conflict outside of the United States, this is the obliga obligation of the United States to go and to defend these American citizens. This is the same. Uh, these are Russians that are uh, or were uh, attacked on a daily basis with heavy weapons by Ukrainian army and Russia had to defend them. And by the way, many of uh, these people in Donbass, many times they, they kept on saying, where is Russia? Why is Russia not protecting us? But uh, people don't know that. Really, uh, the truth is very different from what is presented now. It's not only just because of, uh, uh, like they presented uh, a war for um, the restoration of the Soviet Union. This is not the case. We have a conflict that started in 2014. So it's been eight years since this war actually started. So let me ask you this. and. Obviously, in the in the media in the United States, the the narrative that is pushed is that Ukraine is an innocent, vulnerable democracy, and Russia is coming in and just terrorizing them. That's that's the narrative, and I think it's very clear uh, upon even a small amount of investigation that Ukraine is uh, a corrupt nation. It's had problems for a long time, uh, but that being said, I still struggle to understand why uh, Putin is interested in helping uh, to protect the separatists. Why doesn't he just allow the conflict to continue and say, okay, if you want to be your own Republic, then, you know, defend yourself against Ukraine. Why is Russia getting involved? That's where I'm confused. Uh, well, um, I'm not a speaker for okay. Putin or Russia. Uh, what I have heard as an official statement is uh, what Putin uh, explained about uh, the red line, line that was crossed about NATO and uh, uh, the presence of uh, NATO in the neighboring country in Ukraine and uh, uh, that for Russia it was unacceptable uh, now this process of um, expansion of NATO to its border. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. And in, in, in the United States, um, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with the United States media, 
but Zelensky is painted as this, this brave president Zelensky is painted as this brave heroic man who won't leave uh, Kiev, despite the fact that, you know, the United States offered to help him escape. What are your thoughts on, on Zelensky? How, how long has he been in leadership and what has his, has his leadership looked like? Um, what nobody, prob probably nobody knows in the West is that uh, there was a huge uh, censorship operation against uh, journalists and opposition leaders in Ukraine. Uh, if this is democratic, I don't know. <laughs> Probably for our standards in Europe now, this, it is perfectly democratic to jail journalists who oppose your um, opinion, to shut down TV channels that are affiliated to the opposition and to completely uh, remove any opposition by uh, putting them in jail. So people don't know that this was happening in Ukraine over these years. If this is democratic, obviously uh, under our new standards that I'm witnessing now, what is happening now in Europe, this is uh, what democracy means. Shut down or opposition TV channels or uh, media that represents the other part of the story or uh, another point of view. Put in jail journalists, activists, politicians that uh, don't, do not comply. And this is democracy. We witnessed the same with the pandemic. I can continue. You yourself know what's happened during the pandemic. In some countries, vaccination was literally obligatory. Mm -hmm. So this is Europe. This is Europe in the 21st century. So now if I want to tell to the world the story of the children in Donbass, I could face up to three years in prison if I live, for instance, in Slovakia. But I'm sure that the same uh, will be enforced in Bulgaria as well or in the whole of Europe. So we can face up to three years for telling the story of the children in Donbass that were killed. Well, this is, I, I really can't imagine that one month ago we would witness this. This is Europe and they claim to be the democracy of the world. So, so, and forgive me for failing to say the names of these two regions that have uh, that have declared independence. Yes, don't worry. Donetsk and uh, Ugansk. Donetsk and Ugansk. Yes. I'm trying my best. Um, do, do they do they desire to remain independent republics, or do they want? Are they are they are they favorable to the notion of being absorbed by Russia? Uh, they haven't uh, uh, indicated such a desire to become part of Russia. Uh, they want to be independent. They, uh, for at the time being, I don't know, or in the future, I don't know. I can't predict. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And so why, why do you think, and maybe this is, maybe this is too complicated of a question, um, but why do you think it is that, that Putin feels the need to attack so many different regions within Ukraine? 
if, if, if the interest is only in protecting the, um, the separatist regions. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a spokesperson for Putin. I, uh, also, yeah. I want to say I can't comment because I'm not there. What I sure. saw in Syria myself on the ground, there were cases. I can give an example. I was the only journalist present in one uh, city in Syria, which is called Homs, the only journalist. And my editor found me and said, here are CNN, they are reporting that uh, and it, I, it's, it's useless to, to tell exactly, but they said something like uh, uh, the democratic forces, they were uh, besieged by, uh, the, by Bashar al-Assad's uh, soldiers and there were pregnant women and they couldn't go to the hospital to give birth. It was absolutely the opposite, opposite because I was filming at that moment. It was uh, uh, the family of one pregnant woman. They asked the terrorists, because this was Al-Qaeda there. Uh, and I filmed the, uh, the black flags of Al-Qaeda. In 2013, it was Al-Qaeda. ISIS wasn't uh, uh, formed as a group at that point. So they wanted the terrorists to leave this woman to go and uh, give birth because uh, they use civilians as human shield. So I witnessed myself what propaganda means. So I don't know what's happening in Ukraine. We just see footage uh, from different sources. Now everything is blocked in Europe. They blocked all Russian IPs, all Russian media, official government um, websites, everything. So here in Europe, we don't have any information from the Russian side. So what we witness now, are these are footage that are uh, that come from Ukraine or, and from the U Ukrainian uh, sources, their media and their Ministry of Defense. And some uh, users on Twitter, they, they do their best to judge what is propaganda, what is fake, what is not. And they uh, discover that in some cases, these are recycled videos and footage from, for, from Donbass, from this area that, that I told you. So uh, it is not Ukrainian victims. It is, uh, these are Russian victims. So, or many examples, or even uh, computer games that are made to look like reality. So I don't know what is happening in Ukraine. I'm serious. I really have no idea what's happening in Ukraine. And no, none of us have any idea in Europe, nor in the United States. Only who is there can speak now what's happening. Why do you think it is that the United States and the West and, and Europe just in general, why, why is it that so many people are trying to cover for Ukraine? Geopolitics. It is uh, very clear what's happening. The United States, uh, probably the happiest in this situation is, I mean, uh, from all players involved, this is the United States because they got what they wanted. Now, North Stream, this is the uh, gas pipeline project. It was terminated, uh, which means that uh, the United States uh, removed Russia as a gas supplier for Europe, a main gas, gas supplier. And now Europe will buy 
the more expensive uh, American gas uh, because this project was terminated. Now, this is a project uh, uh, for the gas supply of Europe from Russia to Germany, but it is terminated now uh, because of the war there in Ukraine. Uh, Russia is uh, big evil, according to the media. Uh, Putin is demonized. So the United States got what uh, they wanted. Economically, politically, geostrategically, <clears throat> these are the winners in this situation, the politicians and the war strategists in uh, the United States. I'm talking about now in the current situation. I don't know what is going to happen in the following <clears throat> months. Do you think that do you think mm -hmm. that the leader the leadership in Russia, particularly Putin, saw this coming? Uh, a long time ago, or is this something that they they had to spontaneously respond to? I doubt that it was a spontaneous decision. Um, I think that uh, it wasn't a result of just uh, emotions. Sure. Uh, it was probably well thought, and it was uh, it was coming probably for a long time because first they tried to solve the problems in diplomatic ways, using diplomatic channels. The results didn't come. So now we are witnessing what we are witnessing. I spent some time today um, watching some interviews with uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, particularly the four-hour series that he did with Oliver Stone a number of years ago. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oliver yes, Stone. Yeah, yeah and... You know, there's plenty of critics of, of Vladimir Putin. He's been in power for a long time. Uh, he's been in power in, in Russia for since since before it was before the Soviet Union collapsed, even. So he's had a long career that historians and contemporaries could be critical of, just just by virtue of being in power for so long. But one thing that I've come to believe about him, just as someone who's watched him interact and speak, is that he is not a foolish person. He's not stupid and being stupid and foolish are subtly different, but importantly different. And he doesn't strike me as an irrational megalomaniac type person. And when I'm thinking about his decision to get involved in Ukraine, it's something that has only brought on great risk to him in that he's had to personally make sacrifices in order to make this decision because his assets have been frozen. The, the, the financial struggles and pressure that is, has, is being applied to Russia as a whole. This is something that Putin knew was going to be a, a, a great burden and a great challenge to him and his leadership. Yet he still decided to do it. And so what I wonder is what risk was he trying to avoid that he associated with the alternative course of action? What did he think would be worse that would happen to Russia if Russia didn't get involved in Ukraine? You know what I mean? I know that was kind of long-winded and I'm sorry, but it's just very interesting to me that he would make this decision given that I know he's smart and calculated and this decision is something that's brought a lot of trouble to him. 
Probably if I see now what I think, uh, probably your channel will be blocked. Say what you will. Say what you will. That's fine. No, I'm serious. Uh, okay. If you are uh, in, I don't know in the United States, but in Europe, if I say what I think, I will be immediately blocked and uh, my account will be taken down. I'm not joking. Uh, by, I have, I'm so shocked. Uh, how is this possible? I'm not supposed in Europe to say the following. Putin, as for instance, Biden, any leader, this is the main uh, role that any uh, leader of a country has to protect its country. For instance, uh, we have Ukraine, a potential uh NATO member uh, with many foreign uh, uh, troops on its territory that uh, were stationed, by the way, in Ukraine, not only now. It's been eight years since uh, uh, the events in Ukraine that somebody called cool, others call revolution. So it's been such a long time you have uh, uh, your neighbor with uh, becoming a NATO member state and uh, with the, the potential for nuclear weapons uh, to be stationed in your neighbor. Uh, if a nuclear weapon is fired, for instance, from Ukraine to Russia, it will take just less than, depending on uh, the type of uh, weapon and uh, uh, the area, but about 15 minutes to hit its target. So you, ca you can imagine what a threat to any country this is, to have your neighbor equipped with uh, nuclear weapons. It is the same, uh, for instance, if uh, Russia has a military base in Mexico and uh, places its nuclear weapons in Mexico, what uh, is Biden going to do? To say, welcome to my neighbor, place your nuclear weapons on he my border. You're welcome. It's impossible. I don't think that there is a country around the world that would uh, ignore such a nuclear threat. It's. Uh, I, I don't know why people are so surprised. I, I'm sure that every uh, every one of the leaders in Europe and the United States, they knew very well what is going to, ha to happen. They knew the reaction of Putin. They uh, pushed uh, uh, Zelensky into this war knowing very well what is going to happen. Because... Did you imagine? Did, did you notice they promised to help Ukraine to be all the time with Ukraine to fight along with uh, Ukraine? What happened? All of them evacuated and they left uh, Ukraine to wage this war alone. So they made Ukraine think that it will not be alone, but actually Ukraine is alone. They knew very well what is going to happen, but Europe and the United States. Uh, they wanted this war because now Putin, Russia, they are demonized, subjected under severe sanctions. So their enemies pushed to the corner. Basically, this is what is happening now. They have a very powerful tool now against Russia because of this conflict. And all uh, goals are achieved. 
I don't know. It's so, so obvious what's happening and what's the interest of everybody in this situation. The sad thing is that nobody cared about all these people living in this area, uh, area that have died and are going to die. It doesn't matter. What matters is for the politicians from the totalitarian Europe and the United States to achieve their geopolitical goals. It's, it's like this everywhere, be it Syria or Ukraine or Yemen or other places around the world, Iraq, Afghanistan, people's life doesn't matter. This is the sad reality. It doesn't matter how many people are going to die if this will cost uh, uh, a victory to the politicians. They just don't care. So what do you think? Putin's ideal outcome is? What is his goal? His goal is uh, to sign uh, an agreement with Ukraine about the neutral status of Ukraine, that Ukraine will declare that it will not join NATO and uh, that uh, it will not uh, place uh, nuclear weapons on its territory, which of course, will not happen if uh, Ukraine will sign uh, such neutral status agreement with Russia. They said what they want. They, they want Ukraine to sign uh, such an agreement with Russia and the uh, hostilities will end. But I don't know why. I don't know. I don't want to take a side. If this sure. happens to Bulgaria, I don't know how I will react. This war could end now if Zelensky signed such an agreement, but because I'm not Ukrainian, I'm not Russian, so I don't know uh, what is, uh, everybody has their truth and uh, they all have their objectives in this situation. Well, thank the you. The war could end immediately okay. if uh, they pursue diplomacy instead of uh, uh, other practices that are for them and for Europe, they are better for instead of uh, peace. Because now Europe is sending fighter jets, weapons, and so on and so on, which means that uh, this conflict will continue. Why is not Europe offering uh, to facilitate peace talks? No, they don't want peace. Nobody, this is the truth, neither Europe nor the United States want peace. Probably the only one, it is an absurd, but the only one who wants peace are the Ukrainians and the Russians. This is the sad uh, reality. All want this war to continue. And I have even the feeling that Europe and the United States, they want to send more and more weapons and just to keep Zelensky um, in power so that uh, the damage could be much bigger. And they want this conflict to go on for probably a month more. And for one month, you can imagine how many casualties uh, this conflict could, and how many casualties this conflict could result. They don't want to stop the war. This is the, the truth. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your insight with me. Um, I know that it's a stressful time in, in Europe. And I know that there was some risk that you assumed by speaking freely your mind and expressing yourself. Um, 
if there's anything I can do, I know there isn't, but if there is, please let me know where can people find you and follow you? Um, I, I have, uh, I, I really don't know if people care about that. I, I have the dose. I have had the dose attack since uh, October, 2020. Mm-hmm. So I have my personal blog where now I publish my stories so my people can find my work on gilana.bg. Okay. And I'll share all, all the links and everything in the show notes. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to say? I want to say, I, I really, I'm still under such shock. You can't imagine, uh, for instance, today, uh, our government fired our defense minister because he wanted Bulgaria to stay neutral in this conflict. And uh, because we have only uh, like five fighter jets, uh, very old fighter jets. We purchased uh, new fighter jets from uh, the United States, but uh, we just pay them on papers and they didn't come. (laughs) So we don't have fighter jets to protect our country. And our government wanted to uh, just send all fighter jets not our government, uh, NATO and the European Union wanted Bulgaria to just uh, provide uh, all the five fighter jets, old fighter jets that we have to provide to Ukraine so that Bulgaria will have no fighter jets. And our defense minister said, no, this is not possible to happen. I want Bulgaria to be neutral and this is not our conflict. This is not our war. So they fired him. This is what happened. And I am uh, very, very shocked. Uh, this, this is, you can't imagine what the situation is here. You are not supposed to say, to, to speak up your mind and you go to prison. And this is Europe in the 21st century. Now, what I'm telling you now, I, if I publish this in Bulgarian or, uh, or in, in Slovakia, I will go to prison. This is, is this normal? What is this? Democracy, Europe.